All right. So we are so excited to have on our show for our situationships versus relationships, which I feel is kind of like my baby of an episode. I feel like I gave birth to this episode because I feel like I've been either a a victim of a situationship or have either fostered one and I did not know it. So I want to kind of take a step back and talk about dating and relationships. And right now, just because of the current climate that's happening, there's been a definite uptick on dating apps and connections and virtual dating. There was a report that basically said there's a 25 to 30% uptick in conversations and matches, which is crazy. So we are super excited to have the global communications manager for OkCupid, Michael K on the show. Yay. Super excited. Michael, say hi to our listeners. We're so excited to have you on. I am so excited to be here. And for everyone listening today, just a quick background. Jen and I go back years. We actually met when I was a little intern right out of college. Wow. That's I know. Crazy. I always I always think back um, because this is why I love Michael so much. And I was so excited to have him on the show. Um, he was actually the first person that I reached out to to be a guest on our show. Um, and True. I just remember we used to have these like crying spells at our agency where we would just like laugh for hours at one thing and no one else would get it. And I was like, this is how you know you have like a kindred a kinder connection with someone is when you can just like look at them and just be in hysterical laughing bits with them. And that used to happen to us like once every two weeks, like we couldn't control ourselves. So it's, it's awesome that we are now come full circle and, and talking about this topic and talking about you and your great role at OkCupid. So yeah, let's, let's dig into it. So Michael, tell the listeners uh, about yourself, your background, Yeah, so my background is um, sort of, as Jen mentioned, I come from the agency side, so spent years working with tons of different clients across the board from uh, fast food companies to toys to migraine medication, really everything you can possibly imagine, and then landed on OkCupid, the dating app, which has been really fun. Um, I met my partner on a dating app and we are one of the success stories. We've been together for five and a half years now. Um, So it's really great to be in a role where I am finding love for people around the world. Um, You can't really complain about that. When you, when you met your, your partner, uh, did you guys meet with intent on relationship or did you just meet with intent on like, eh, let's whatever, let's just hooking up right now. Yeah, so it's a it's a probably a different experience than some other people. So for me, I didn't come out of the closet till I was almost twenty three years old. So going onto a dating app was sort of that safe space to meet other people without having fully come out. And I downloaded Tinder after college. Um, it was a dating app that a couple of my friends were on, but even at that time, this was back in twenty fourteen. Um, a lot of people were a little bit skeptical skeptical about dating apps, and it was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, and I remember downloading Tinder and um, swiping for a couple of weeks. I met my partner, and after a month, we had started dating. Wow. Um, so Aww. we are one of the um, really awesome, I think, case studies and success stories from online dating. And it's funny to see 
since then how perception about online dating has changed. So now I hear people say, ooh, that guy was super creepy. Well, what did he do? He came up and talked to me at a bar. And I'm like, that's the creepy thing. And people are way more comfortable uh, swiping on a dating app and talking to people through you know, that mode of communication. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see where we are now compared to really only about five years ago. And if right. you layer on like quarantine and coronavirus into what you just said, how this was, people were getting more comfortable with it. Like we're talking January, 2020, before anybody was locked down. I feel like after we come out of coronavirus and quarantine, um, not only are people going to be obviously more comfortable dating apps, but I think that there's going to be an extra layer where we're almost like back in the 90s where people are talking on phones again and having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Because I think we're going to continue to see a spike in online dating, but also uh, a spike in uh, these digital conversations prior yeah. to that first date. Because most people on the dating app, they jump into that first date. Let's meet Friday. And you just like you just matched with them on Wednesday. So I feel like there's going to be more of a let's take our time type. Yeah. Of and I think that's a good thing, too, because like I remember just even texting with someone, you know, on through the app. I was kind of like I used to, for lack of a better word, kind of cut them off because it wasn't engaging. Like I would say, hey, how are you? How's everything going? How's your week? fine it's tough nothing though, else nothing I'm, else <laughs> you know so i would cut someone off because yeah. of that because i'm like if you just can have this just response saying and how's your week going or yeah. if i'm sending like a paragraph of a response and you send back one word i'm kind of like well then the date's not going to be that great yeah. you know so i it's just it's just interesting but to your point danny i think it's forcing us to kind of retract back and use our like essential communication skills, like talking on the phone, doing video chats, things like that. I actually enjoy it because also now I feel even more comfortable. Let's say if I'm going to meet this person down the line. Now we've already built this cool connection and rapport. So yep. I feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's exactly what we're seeing at OkCupid okay actually. So As you mentioned, people are still dating. The coronavirus has not stopped that. If anything, it's uh, made this period almost the one of the biggest dating moments in our history. Mm. Um, But what's interesting is that the pace of people dating is different by gender, by age, by location. And I know here in New York City or New York, it could really feel like a marathon. And during coronavirus, because the pressure of rushing to meet up with someone in real life has slowed, what we're actually seeing is that women are feeling super liberated and they're more active and engaged um, in their own dating lives. Looking at the U.S. alone, um, women are sending 9% more intro messages to people they've never spoken to yet on OkCupid than the same time last year. So yes, we've seen a huge spike in activity across the board. But young women are really leading that charge um, in online dating right now. That's amazing. It's so funny because it, I have a love-hate relationship with the messaging on 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 OkCupid and dating apps and in in general, not with the app or the or the dating app itself, but just the habit of doing it. And what I mean is like, so all of my notifications are turned off, so I don't even know if you message on on there. I'll go in and I'll I make it a routine that I'll check every once in a while. Sometimes it goes a week be- and I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't see this person's message. Um, right. Because- Don't do that on Bumble because you'll time out. In I know, I've timed out plenty of times and I'm like, oh man, I wish I had the paid account, I guess, cause you could have uh, like reactivated a, a timeout. 
But um, which is good for OK Cupid because they don't have that issue. <laughs> true, <laughs> so. it's true. Um, but I think it's challenging for me because I'm an extrovert. So I think the the hardest part about the dating app world is I enjoyed the meeting in person thing. I enjoyed the meeting somebody in person because. I'm a smart ass and you know, my, I feel like my wit sometimes doesn't translate into the app. So now what I've been doing um, when I can is send voice me- messages, like whether I'm just like doing the quick record, you know, I would even send video quick snippets. Like, I think that would be funny because you get to see that the person's really the age of the person you're talking to. But uh, mm-hmm. so do you feel, especially now with the dating world that, women should definitely be empowered to initiate the conversation in order for a man to feel more comfortable? Or do you think it should be kind of even? I think it's, I think everything should be even. Um, I don't think it's any one gender's role to be initiating a conversation. I think what everyone should be is um, upfront with what they want. Um, I think there's this shame on um, or this, this like a shame around wanting a hookup or wanting a long-term relationship. And people who are looking for something a little bit more deeper and more meaningful, they just feel that they're going to scare people off. Yep. I mm. think everyone needs to take a step back and say, you know what, when I'm going on into a dating app and I'm making my profile and I'm looking for people, it's okay to be honest about you, what you want. And that's one thing I love about OkCupid is you can say that right up. It's something you'll see when you go to someone's profile right underneath their name. If they're looking for a hookup or short-term dating, long-term dating, or even people looking for friends. And this has actually been really impacted by the pandemic. Um, We've seen a decrease in people looking for uh, hookups on our app and a huge increase in people actually looking for friendship. So while people are home and they're not able to go anywhere, um, they're really looking for connection first and really building that friendship with someone. It's really slowed down dating. um, And it's sort of creating these more meaningful relationships for everyone. But one thing that Danny noted was that, you know, we can't meet up in person anymore and nobody's having these, you know, in-person dates, which kind of sucks, but people are getting really creative with it. Um, mm-hmm. virtual dates are booming on every single dating app. It's not just OkCupid. Um, on our dating app alone, there's been a, this is insane, a 470% increase in people going on virtual dates in April compared to March. And what? that trend is only continuing through this month as well. Um, and our daters are having these really fun virtual dates around the world. So um, do you track, um, which are the, like, top three ways that are that daters are doing virtual dates and for our listeners what what do you think are the most successful like virtual dates to have or to propose or to initiate with with the match yeah that's a great question so for us all our insights come from our in-app questions so if you haven't been on okcupid um, we have thousands of questions that match people on what matters to them and we ask questions on every single topic. We ask about climate change and fracking and rising sea levels. Um, We also ask about border control and reproductive rights. And then all those really fun dating, sex and relationship questions. Since the pandemic started, we've added in a series of over 25 questions related to digital and virtual dating. And responses have surpassed 2 million already. Wow. So we know that one of the most popular virtual dates has been um, some kind of shared activity, like a game. 
some people who prefer dinner and drinks over Zoom or um, just keeping it simple with a good old-fashioned video chat. But we have daters messaging us on Instagram and emailing us to tell them about their virtual dates. And there is a couple that we spoke to in Denver, which I loved. They were both reading the same book. And they would read it separately in their own homes and then jump on FaceTime every night to talk about the chapter that they read. So they sort of created this like virtual book club of sorts, which has been really fun. Um, That's and cute. Then there, there was another dater that we just spoke to at the end of last week in Quebec, in Canada. And they actually sent each other HelloFresh meal kits and cooked together at home. Oh, I thought it was like that. the cutest thing ever. But you don't have to go to that level. You can play heads up or, you know, kind of do whatever it's fun for you. You know, it's yeah. funny. You, you just really quick, you said a term and it had me chuckling. You said a good old fashioned Zoom call. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like... <laughs> <laughs> A good old-fashioned Zoom call. <laughs> I'm like, are we that programmed in quarantine at this point that Zoom calls are old-fashioned at that point? But like, oh, and in my day, Sonny. Oh. <laughs> That's how we're all going to be talking after this. True. It's true. Pretty much. Pretty much. So as a newbie to like, well, I'm not a newbie to online dating, but like I feel like my biggest problem is writing an appealing profile, right? Like sometimes I'm just kind of like yoga PR professional likes to have fun, but then I'm kind of like, Ooh, am I reading off? Like I'm easy and flexible. Like, I don't want to have that happen. Right. And then attract different people. So like, what? Although that is a thing though, from a male perspective, when we see girls uh, in their yoga poses and stuff and, and, and like every picture, like four out of five pictures are yoga poses. I'm just like, she's just trying to show that she's flexible. And every guy thinks the same thing. It's like, she's just not come on. Like one pose is like, it's an interest. Three poses. It's like, all right, look, honey, I I can move my body. And it's, it's, it's a, yeah. But anyway, well, let me correct you on this. So yoga is not to improve your flexibility is to improve your mobility. Different. No, but you're showing your flexibility. (laughs) to. The viewers is what I'm saying. Like exactly. I, the, I'm showing my mobility, the mobile. Okay, anyways, right. we can get into it later. But anywho's <laughs> it. So, <laughs> so like I always find it troubling to write a profile that would kind of showcase all of my good qualities, so that I could attract someone that I would potentially be attracted to. So, what are some tips that you can give to our listeners, or even to myself, on and how me. to write? And, and Danny, and Danny, a more attractive profile. Like, what are some things we should mention? What are things we should kind of leave out? And then even if we break it down even further, what should we write if we're looking for a hookup? What should we write if we're looking for a situationship, which we'll define with you? And then what should we write if we're looking for a relationship? Yeah, that's a great question that we hear from people all the time. It's so awkward having to talk about yourself and giving, you know, that elevator pitch, especially on a dating profile. So my first recommendation is don't do it yourself. Get a couple of friends on FaceTime now that we're all stuck at home. Um, Open a couple of beers or a bottle of wine and ask your friends about how they would describe you. They Mm. know you best and sometimes they know you better than you even know yourself and they'll pull out things that you would never even think to mention. Um, one thing you really shouldn't do is just describe yourself with like a long list of adjectives. It's kind of obnoxious. Like I know I'm accomplished and organized and perfect, 
but I wouldn't put that on my dating app. Um, so if you're funny, talk about how you did a stand-up one time in Brooklyn. Or right. if you're an adrenaline junkie, talk about your favorite theme park. Yep. And people will get to know you more um, like that. And it's it's the easiest way to really build out your profile. Um, but it's not just about the words, it's about the photos too. So mm-hmm. one thing, never just upload one photo on your dating profile. Yes. People are not going to think you're real. Um, exactly. so always upload more than one photo. I yep. think three to five is like that sweet spot. And the photos are also going to help tell a story about who you are. So if you love running, upload a photo of your first half marathon. Or if you're adventurous, share that picture of you bungee jumping or on a hike. If you're a fellow Swifty like me, um, share a photo of that. And the best part of this is, I love that. besides the like, struggle over figuring out what to put in your dating profile. People have no idea what to say first in an opening message. And all these little things that you're adding to your profile and these photos help people who come across your profile know what to open up with. And it really mm-hmm. helps them with those uh, opening lines. Amazing. Like, I, I, it's funny because to both of those points, first, Jen, uh, it's such a challenge, right? Because right. when you sit there and you create that profile and you're li- you want there's so many things that you think that you want to list because of your positive qualities but then you end up sounding like you're you're making a resume and you don't want that to come across that way uh, no. it, it, you because- want to be personable at the end of the day yeah. like you want to be personable like I remember like I had to rechange my profile like a couple of times because it says a Moscow mule aficionado and I'm like I don't remember the last time I had a Moscow mule like in five years, I got to take that out. And people are going to be like, is she an alcoholic? Like what's happening? Like you don't want people to like read into something that's not necessarily necessarily true. Um, and I love Michael's point about like, talk to your friends because sometimes they know you more yeah. than you know yourself. You know, I always, I always dread, and this is like my biggest pet peeve, unless they explain it is two things. One is when I see a guy with another female in the photo <laughs> I mean, then, for, uh, uh, we could go back and forth. Or when the girl is playing Where's Waldo and every photo of her <laughs> is not a solo photo, literally, not even until one or two, every photo she's with a group. And you're like, all right, the same consistency here as the blonde with the red. Oh, okay, that's the person. That, so that, that's annoying too. That's uh, very, very oh annoying. No. Unless it's like, this is my best friend, but I'm like, I don't want to see photos of you with another person. Yep. And then if I read in the comments, like, Sometimes I miss it, and then it's like in an open relationship. I'm like, oh, that's why she's in the photo, right? Um, so that's like a big, big pet peeve of mine. But yeah, to your point, the group photos, like group, 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 group. Like I don't have time to figure out which one is you. Nope. Like just nope. let's. And then you kind of secretly hope that you are like that person is the most attractive person in the group, and then you find out at the end that it's not. <laughs> you made a great point that I want to bring up about the Moscow mules, which are one amazing, but I I just haven't had them in a while. So, (laughs) but that's a really great point. People will update their profiles and then completely forget about it, which when you really think about it is kind of ridiculous because we're updating our Facebook and our Instagram and our LinkedIn daily or weekly dating apps work the same way. You really can't forget about it. So our rule of thumb is Uh, try to check in and update something every two to three weeks. Um, Whether that's adding a new photo of something you've done recently or while we're all stuck at home right now, maybe talk about something you're currently binge watching. Interesting. Uh, 
Yeah, and it actually drives the algorithm when you're making those changes to your profile and we'll show you to even more people because on the back end, it'll think, oh, this is a new account that's being updated. Let's show them to more people. I love so that. That's, that's a great, that's great feedback so because I do that. I go in often and, and definitely change my photos to make sure they're recent, but I don't often change the content within my profile. Cause you know, when you like do a great profile you're like, all right, I like the way it looks. It doesn't show that I'm conceited. It's, it's really giving a great vision of who I am. But then you're like, wait, let me go back and change a couple of things. You're right. Cause to a point, I also try not to make my content dated, but to the Moscow Mule point, like you might put something in there that's no longer who you are. Uh, you mentioned something earlier, Michael, that I kind of want to ask you on a personal view, because we talked about this in one of our very early episodes, and it was like the paying, who pays, the man or the woman. Uh, and you're mentioning with more and more women initiating uh, contact, you don't have a way of tracking if more and more women are offering to be equal when it comes to the dating aspect. But there was something I brought up in a prior episode when Jen, you know, remember we had that episode where you, where you interrogated yes. me on if who should pay. I did. So it was the women empowerment episode where exactly. I was asked to pay. Um, and yeah, it was that whole connection. It was yes. the first bum bomb episode. It was the um, first bum bomb episode. That's right. But my, my question to you, Michael, uh, you mentioned you came out and being, being a man uh, who is not in hetero relationships, these conversations are probably so different when they come across your table. And this is something I brought up on that episode when yes. my response to Jen, I said, oftentimes when people ask who should pay on a date, our response is triggered as hetero. And I said, these conversations don't happen in the LGBTQ community because they, they do. And I'm not saying they don't carte blanche, but they're like 1% of the conversation because you're coming into these dating scenarios on equal playing fields from a gender perspective. So my question to you is, do you see a, a stark difference on these, these normal or normalcy conversations about dating between the LGBTQ audience as well as the straight uh, hetero audience? Yeah. So one thing we're actually seeing um, just in regards to the paying on a date is that a lot of people are moving towards, um, uh, modern relationships where people are splitting the bills. It's, you know, it's no mm -hmm. longer a man has to carry, um, you know, everything in the relationship. And a lot of relationships that we're seeing, women are making three times the amount of men. They might be in higher positions of power. Um, and I'm personally loving these, you know, modern relationships. Um, but you bring up a really great conversation about the, the types of conversations we have in heterosexual relationships compared to, uh, homosexual relationships. And one of the reasons why, and I, this is going off the path, but this is the place to do it. This is yes, it is. Yes, it's in our title. Um, one of the reasons why I actually joined OkCupid is their, um, their promise to inclusivity for all their data. So we have tons of questions for all our users. We have localized questions in 30 markets around the world. So if you're dating in San Francisco, you're actually seeing different questions than people in London or people in San Francisco. Um, but what I personally love about the questions is that we have a whole series of questions just for the LGBTQ community. Because yes. we know that straight daters care about different things than gay daters do. Yes. Um, and taking that a step further, people on OkCupid who identify as bisexual will see different questions than someone who identifies as lesbian um, mm. and 
question from someone who identifies as gay. Um, for me, when I started dating, um, how we went about this splitting the bill type of situation is we just took turns with different activities. So when you, when you yes. go to a date, think about all the things you're doing. Sometimes that's it's true. just dinner and that's fine, but sometimes it's dinner and then you go to a movie. So one person will pay for dinner, the other person will pay for movie and snacks, which honestly sometimes now is way more expensive than dinner anyway. So exactly. if you nab that dinner bill, do the dinner bill. Yeah. See, my belief is, is I don't think we should go into dates and, and go Dutch, so to speak. Like that, if they people who do that, fine. That's not my intent. My belief system is that I actually prefer situations where the initiator of the date, so to speak, should be taking that person on a date. So if I'm asking you to dinner, then I'm yes. paying for your dinner. If you're asking me to the movies, then you're paying for the movies. The, you know, and, and that's kind of how it is because the whole point of taking somebody on a date is to actually cater to them and make them feel like you're courting them for lack of a better word. Right. So I feel like it should totally pancake flip flat back and forth. I agree with that. I think to your point too, whoever initiates it is the one that pays. Like usually I would say, you know, my dating history, the guy has paid in the beginning of our dating. So I'll probably say like four or five dates, the guy will, will pay. I will offer I will offer. And then sometimes I'll do like the girl thing where I like, you know, do the whole, oh, you know, slow movement <laughs> towards the purse. And then it's like, no, let me get that. I'm like, okay. But I'm not afraid to say, hey, you know what? Let me get this for you. Let, let me get this for you. Because yeah. again, there's been times where I think I'm blessed to have a very good job that pays me well. I'm blessed to have side hustles that also give me an additional income. And as of late, I've been dating guys that are not making as much as me, which is totally okay. Because to Michael's point, like women are earning a lot more than men in certain industries and in certain yeah. parts of the world. So I'm like, okay, I will probably have to come slightly more out of pocket. But I also then do hope that the guy is saying like, okay, well, we can do something that's more in my budget. We can go for a walk and do a picnic or something like that. And that's not going to be such a, such a, um, a negative in, in his bank account for so much, but it's all about like what you give and what you take and just showing initiative and also being into the person yeah. and, and being upfront. Well, so, first um, let's yeah. define Michael in your terms. What do you consider a situationship versus a relationship? So what is your definition of a situationship? Yeah. yeah so I think a situationship is similar to a relationship, but it's more of a situation. And it's something we've all been in. And if you say you haven't, you're lying. We know. <laughs> um, so I think friends with benefits are in a situationship. People that are a thing are in a relationship. Um, if you're hooking up with someone, but you don't have a label on it, you're in a situationship. So basically right. anybody who is doing some, most, or all of what you would, would be doing in a relationship, but without the labels is in a situation, Chef. Excellent. Nail on the head, I agree with you. Uh, I think that with our last guest that we talked with Carr, I mentioned that a situation can also be all of the above because you it's an undetermined feeling of you're not sure of what you're Correct. in also. So it could be all of the above 
bubbled in and rolled into one type of thing. So yeah, it's undefined, right? It's just this untitled, undefined thing. You know that you know it is a thing, but it's just in this gray zone. And I find that a lot of times, unless you have that conversation where you kind of have like, what is this going to be a label? Then that's the only way to put it into a box. But yeah, to your point, it could be you can have a situation with friends with benefits, Michael. You can have a situation when you're just kind of kicking it or, you know, whatever the case may be. There's yeah. just this undefined gray area. But a lot of the times where people don't want to bring it up is this fear, right? Because they don't want to get the answer a lot of the times. And I always, I feel like I'm a consummate situationship victim where I'm like, I start off thinking we're in a relationship and we have this consistency and we're merging of our lives. And then I'm kind of like, oh, we're three months in and I don't know where we're at right now, yep. right? But to our earlier point too, on an earlier episode, it becomes this habit, right? Like it takes, and I think Car even mentioned this on our earlier um, interview where he said it takes like 21 days to form a habit and it takes 90 days to form a lifestyle. And it's not necessarily meaning like I am feeling without something if I don't have it, but it's almost like habitual. It's like, oh, it's a habit. So I hang out with this person on Saturday. I like spending time with them. It's a habit. And now I got to break a habit, but it's not necessarily this emotional connection to something that you're in. So, yeah. So I think that's, that's a big thing about situationships and you need to just have that up front, which brings me to my next point. Do you advise any of the members or any of the people on your app to be upfront about what they want? Like whether it be a hookup, friends with benefits, uh, situationship, relationship, like, should you just put that like in bold? Like I'm only <laughs> looking for this. Other people do not reply, you know, in like, bold. I know that's in bold. Like, yeah, I think for our daters, um, when you make a profile on OkCupid, you actually have to address that immediately. So we yeah. actually make you put in a lot of work before you get up and running on our profile um, more than any other dating app. So if you're on OkCupid, you Agreed. already know that the other people you're seeing are willing to put more work and effort into dating and relationships than pretty much any other app. So not only do you have to answer 15 questions on the app, but you have to fill out your profile and let people know what kind of connection you're looking for. Um, again, whether that's hookups or long-term relationships, short-term relationships, friends, and then we'll match you with other people who are looking for the same thing. So if you're indicating on the app that you are only looking for long-term relationships, you're really not going to come across people who are looking only for hookups or only right. for friendships. Love that. Some people have the belief that these situationships evolve into relationships. And I think that those are the challenging conversations to have because that's when you're not aligned and your stars aren't aligning. So sometimes I'll get into situationships with people because that's just what ends up happening, right? You don't control situationships. They're kind of an, that ethereal thing that ends up invading your dating world. I think that is completely a stark contrast to relationships because I know when my intents are going towards relationships. However, I feel that the challenge is when the other person thinks that just seeing somebody or just hooking up eventually can evolve into a relationship as because you start liking the person and maybe one day that person will see me as girlfriend material boyfriend material and it doesn't happen so i'd love that you say that about okcupid because that's actually the main reason i've kept okcupid as my primary dating app forever this is mm -hmm. why when Jen said that we should have you on, I thought it was amazing because. Well, to that point too, because like I'm on OKCupid and I find that I've only been in it 
for like two days, right? But not because of the novelty of it, but I find myself going to it more regularly than I have with my Bumble and my Hinge because I'm able to see, oh, the percentage or this is match and this is like straight up, like this is what you guys agree with, this is what you guys disagree with. But I will say though, they I love when people, there's the disagreements, but then there's the comment section where the caveat is, right? Mm. It's like, <laughs> so for example- I love that. Like, that's my favorite I, part is the caveat part. I love the adding caveats. In, the yeah. caveats are like, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me with the yeah, caveats. Hundred yeah. percent. Right? So, so here's like the here's a good example, right? So I match with we'll we'll call him member X, if you will. We won't we won't put names out there. And <laughs> I look at the disagreements, right? Because my new sort of litmus test is I don't match with anyone that's less than eighty six percent. It's the year that I was born, and it's a B plus. So for me, it, it works. And eighty six and above, I'll match with. So then I go immediately over to not to what we agree upon, but what we disagree upon right and I'm like oh we disagreed upon nine things let me go through these nine things and it says usually where we disagree upon is like what are you looking for in your next relationship right you know how or how long do you want your next relationship to last for and I say for the rest of my life usually um because I'm dating for purpose I'm not dating just for you know sports fishing if you will but anywho's it's when I see someone's answer saying, oh, several years, and then there's the caveat that says, but, you know, I would like for it to last for the rest of my life, but, you know, I don't want to put pressure on things, so I'm just going to let things flow how it goes, and you're just like, wait, I'm completely thrown off by your comment, like, yes, no, maybe, like, pick a box, pick yeah. a box in this situation, so. I think those type of questions trip people up. And it makes them nervous to be super upfront because you might be on there looking for, you know, a relationship that's going to last for the rest of your life. But then you start thinking, oh my God, if someone reads that, are they going to think that I want to be married or engaged by like the fifth date? And then they'll yeah. sort of backtrack and say, you know what, I'm not going to come across as looking for something so, so serious but I need to come across as looking uh, for more than a hookup. And I think that's where we start to get into our heads about yeah. how we should phrase things, how we should answer some of the questions. And that's sort of why I like gut checking with our friends um, and mm. just bouncing ideas off of them and saying, hey, how would you phrase this? Do you think that's coming across too strong? Like, this is what I'm looking for. And your friends are really going to help you figure out how to, you know, get that point across. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think that I challenge you, Jen, on on some of the uh, percentages, only for a couple of reasons. So, first of all, Michael, <laughs> let me just say, is it because we bashed at a seventy seven percent? No, we were we were like eighty something. I don't, I think, or so. I don't know. No, I, I challenge the percentages I'm for joking. so many different uh, philosophical reasons. Um, one, I enjoy them. Like there are people who I'm a ninety eight percent match with, and I'm like, do I want to date this person? Because you want to have some difference. I, I like to sit in a sweet spot where I'm like 75 to 85% match because I feel like part of the fun of dating, when you go to meet somebody in a bar, you're not like, so tell me about this, run through your resume, so to speak. So let's see if we align on the same types of movies we like or we align on everything. And I think when you get to too, too close of a match, I'm thinking long-term. Yeah, it's fun to have a lot of things that you've built to like together uh, yeah. rather than jump off of from day one, liking in the beginning. I, however, your mm -hmm. comical fun standpoint, Michael, I've said this to Jen a thousand times, as well as all my friends know this. If there was a, a stand-up comedy club 
where I can go and see the people who come up with these questions, perform them live. I would be dying every, they're the best part of my day, these questions. I think that the writers are genius. Some of these questions, I'm not talking about the generic basic ones. I'm talking about some of these ones are so funny. I'm like, who created this? I wanna meet this person. I wanna date that person. Like it's crazy. Some of the yes. questions that are on there. That's that's cool. So again, like I am just signed back on to OK Cupid. I'm like a newbie in this, and I'm kind of thinking like, shoot, I don't know what times of the days that or times in the day that I should go on for my highest engagement. I know like when it comes to Instagram, right? We know like, oh, if we post at this time, we're gonna see the highest spike or the highest views, or if we post at this time, it's gonna be less. So especially during quarantine. Is there any like sort of perfect times to go on where you see Cupid striking the most? And is there sort of some times where you're kind of like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't use that time? What, what are your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, so it's an interesting question because historically Sunday has been the biggest moment on dating apps. People are logging onto their profiles every Sunday night before starting the work week. Since the mm. pandemic, people are actually logging on more than ever before right now, and they're spending more time on the app. So there's actually been a 15% increase in the average session length among OkCupid daters. What gets tricky around this um, question around what time is the busiest, um, it it gets tricky because people are actually dating across time zones right now. Mm -hmm. You can meet up with people in real life. So we've actually encouraged our daters to expand their distance preferences. So now conversations are happening 24-7. Since lockdown, people have chosen to do that. And uh, distance preference has been updated over one and a half million times already on OkCupid profiles. Um, So people are now connecting with others in different cities, in different states, and sometimes in different countries. And what's actually interesting is the people who updated their distance preference to anywhere saw an immediate uh, 5% increase in likes and 5% increase in conversations. Wow. Um, So so now there's really no sweet time to be dating because your nighttime could be someone else's morning and those are people connecting right now. You know, it's funny. uh, I think... I think Tinder started that when we first got into quarantine, uh, where they did this thing where they opened to all their members uh, the travel option and they turned it on for everybody. And they did it for a month. I don't know if it's still active at all at this point. Oh, the travel mode thing, right? It's really cool because I was, you know, I was linking with people in like Barcelona and and Paris and and Germany, which which most people might be turned off to. But I travel there a lot for business. And I mean, Paris and Germany. uh, But I do go to... Spain a lot personally because I love the country. I've been to Madrid and Barcelona numerous times. So I thought that that was really cool. But it made me also think, why would anyone restrict dating based on location if that's something you want? Um, And we see a lot of people now for their jobs, as you mentioned, Danny, they're traveling all over the place. Um, I also think we get stuck into our U.S. bubble where we aren't really going to other countries as often. But when you look at daters in Europe, people in London can go to Paris for the day and come right. back and exactly. sleep in their home at night. Yep. So we're seeing a lot of daters across Europe and different reasons, regions like Southeast Asia, and they're dating in different countries. So for us, it's actually always been a feature that people have been able to opt in for free. Yeah. 
And I just updated my uh, profile to be anywhere right now, just to, for fun to see what happens based on. Oh, what okay. And watch me. So it says, I'm from New Poles. And you're like, no. Oh, actually, it is. <laughs> there, there, but there is this, this, this woman who listens to the podcast. Uh, who Her we, name will be known as Sharon X. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> no, we connected, we connected through Instagram or whatever recently, uh, past couple of weeks. And there was some flirting going back and forth. Finds out she lives in Virginia. And I'm like, Sorry, I don't do the long distance thing. So she's going to hear this now. She's going to be like, oh, but you just updated to anywhere? All right. Bet, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like all of my exes are going to be with pitchforks outside. You know, once these episodes go up, they're like, where are you talking about me? This is defamation of character. Like, it's, in, and I'm like, the, I don't uh, mention your names. In so. the good old days when people had pitchforks and Zoom calls. <laughs> exactly <laughs> in the cauldron like whipping up this when like, i was you know, when i was your age i walked three miles in this to school barefoot in the snow to do a zoom call with my pitchfork <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have blended memories of what it was like uh, life in quarantine oh my god but michael you touched on something earlier so you and your partner are a success story of online dating and dating apps have you seen other success stories on okcupid and can you tell us about you know some of your favorites that or maybe ones that maybe started off as a hookup and then transition into a long-term relationship or even marriage and i have a follow-up question to that uh afterwards about the the success stories <laughs> yeah. So um we actually have an Instagram highlight on OKCubit's okay Instagram of all our success stories. So we're hearing people's stories every single week. We're always getting emails and Instagram DMs from couples because they get really excited when they are, you know, a success story. We hear from daters when they're getting engaged or when they're moving in together, when they're getting married. They send us baby photos when, um, you know, they have their first child. We actually in our office, which sadly we are not in right now, but we actually have OkCupid onesies in our office, which are like Aww. my favorite things ever. I think they're so adorable. I love um, that. But so we're Does it say, um, this would be such a great pun, product of OkCupid. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the next design for our oh my god. Hundred percent. You yeah. could tell Danny that you work in fashion. <laughs> I, I do work in fashion, but hashtag dad jokes all day. Product of OK Cupid. Boom, done. That's on the amazing. butt, right? On the tush. On the tush. No, no. The on the, literally, that's it. Because it's such a triple entendre. It's amazing. That is true. That is Michael. True. That's the that's the next onesie line from. OK you can write, uh, you know, hashtag herringbone souls on the on the tag because I came up with it. <laughs> Maybe we'll launch it during Fashion Week if it happens this this year. Uh, um, fingers crossed. Sucks, yeah. But yeah, so we're hearing from success stories all the time. One of them that I personally really love is this um, lesbian couple who met on OkCupid years ago. And they actually went on a first date in Brooklyn um, during a snowstorm. And one of them was actually hesitant about going out on the date because the other one had that they were a librarian on their OkCupid profile. And they were like, oh, this woman, she's going to be so boring. Um, what is this date going to be like? 
flash forward years and they are married. Um, they're living in Brooklyn. They have two beautiful children and they actually created a company together based on a problem that they faced at their wedding. So they created um, a fashion company uh, based out of Brooklyn, New York called Karen Finch. It's conscientious menswear inspired apparel. So when they were getting married, they realized that they both wanted to wear suits, but they couldn't find any suit designs that were um, menswear inspired, but fit their bodies. And they figured, you know what, screw it. We're gonna, we're gonna create our own company. And they actually turned um, their production line um, uh, during the pandemic to make masks. Um, I have two Karen Finch masks right now hanging up on my front door. Wow. Um, I, that's one story that has always stood out to me out of the OKCupid okay um, success stories because it's so beautiful. They're, you know, right here in New York, but um, they just have such an interesting story. Amazing. I'm going to look them up. I, I love that. And I love the fact that they're New York based, Brooklyn based. I'm going to look them up for sure. That's amazing. Yeah, this is the best time to support all small businesses because I know that they're struggling. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order a couple masks from them. That's awesome. And congrats to the both of them. I love hearing those success stories because I think for a person that is a victim of situationships for such a long time, I.E., me, it gives me hope when I hear that there are success stories. It gives me hope that love is still out there and attainable. So I love hearing about them. Well, Michael, you've been such an amazing guest on our show. I know for a fact, I myself, Danny included, have gained so much knowledge and tips on how to improve our dating communication. Um, And I know the listeners probably got a lot of wonderful insights from you. So is there any sort of last thoughts or words or any advice that you want to give to the listeners um, before we close off? Yeah, I think just have fun with dating. It's, it's not meant to be a chore. Um, So just be upfront in your profile and what you're looking for. If it's, you know, a long-term relationship, that's great. If you're looking for a hookup right now, that's fine too. And there's no shame in that. So as long as you're letting people know what you're looking for, you're going to attract the people who are likely looking for those things too. Um, So again, just be yourself and have fun with it. And I'm excited to get both of you up on free A-list. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I I don't even know what that, what that's going to, how that's going to change my life. I feel like I'm not going to put my phone down for a week. This is going to be great. (laughs) This was, this was so much fun. Oh my God, Michael. I hope you enjoyed it. This one, I really liked it. When you really think about it, it's kind of ridiculous because we're updating our Facebook and our Instagram and our LinkedIn daily or weekly. Dating apps work the same way. You really can't forget about it. So our rule of thumb is uh, try to check in and update something every two to three weeks.